This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. What's up and welcome back to Star Wars News. We're breaking down all the latest in the galaxy, as well as some fun anniversaries that we have today. I'm Steph Sabra, aka Chewbacca's Long Lost Daughter. I'm joined by my favorite co-pilot ever, Ryan Nelson, head of Popcorn Talk in the house. Thank you so much. Uh, It is the anniversary, Steph. The anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. Shout out to Empire. How is your week going? Good. Did you hear that I'm today's the day that I'm finally letting you know that I'm your father? <laughs> oh, you're my. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 40 I years ago with today. Your birth mother. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't alive. Years. We weren't alive when that thing came out. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine no, like 40 no, no. years from today, there's going to be a plague? No. <laughs> no. 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 But uh, no, sh- sh- right, but how's everything? Everything's awesome. Um, we are. I, I'm just Star Wars is what's keeping us us going over here. It's definitely been been busy. It's been it's been a lot. But uh, last night I was even I turned on Empire and watched a, a, a couple. You did? Yeah, I think I watched like a half hour because Kevin Smith, who's like big in the talk space, big Star Wars fan, he did like a watch along. And I usually don't watch a lot of what watch alongs, but I watched that one and it was so awesome. Oh my gosh, Steph, we got. Tons of people in the chat right now. Shout out to Brandon Hanna. Schmodown's Brandon Hanna, who did participate in our meme game. That's coming up later. And, of course, Laura is in the chat, as well as Darth. Laura Nelson. Laura Nelson. So, guys, comment your thoughts on everything we're going to be covering throughout. I'll shout you out. Okay, cool. Let's jump right in. I think the biggest news announcement today or this week was Timothy Oliphant has been well rumored to be casted in mandalorian season two wearing boba fett's armor but obviously not playing boba fett as we know that that role has been casted Mm. ryan what are your thoughts about this timothy oliphant i think's awesome uh there's been so much coming out about mandalorian season two over the past week i get excited every time i read something i'm a little worried we're getting too much about this movie like is anything a surprise uh but i mean this guy he was in justified i think i got a photo right here Boom. I'm going to pretend to be him. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> he is great. but uh, He's a really good bad guy. Oh, yeah? I feel like yeah, he's, the, he's like, like the pretty boy. Sneaky. A little sneaky. Yeah, but, I know, but those are sometimes the best bad guys, Rye, because you think that they're cute and they suck you in with their face. Is that what happens? Yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> but, I mean, Justified it was a Western-type show, and Mandalorian has is definitely like a space Western I think it'll fit right in. I don't know how I feel about this whole, I'm wearing Boba Fett's armor. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it does make me feel a little bit better about the whole, I don't know. I feel like I get where he could be wearing the armor, that they there's speculation that it's front picked up from the Jawas and that was taken from the last part point it was seen, which was the Sarlacc pit. Mm. So it would tie in some loops for me that I appreciate. But I, I agree with you where I don't know if I like all the news that's been coming out of it. 
And I also am the person who likes when they do bring into new people that you wouldn't really expect. I know he's not like, I think he would still count under that line, but he is a very, very established actor. So they have a ton of established actors. I'd love to see some new faces that we haven't necessarily heard of, like Ming-Na Wen when we, that, that was announced. So and, and last week when we were, when we found out that Boba Fett was even going to be in season two, you were kind of, you, you weren't really sold on that whole idea. Like how did he survive? It still might only be flashbacks. Do you think, what do you think the storyline is here? Cause we know Oliphant has Boba Fett's armor. Do you think maybe we get flashbacks with man, with young Mando kind of knowing Boba Fett and then it's today Mando when he finds this guy in his armor and he's like, Whoa, what the heck? Like, do you think this is a side story where he's trying to, where maybe Mando's trying to get the armor back? Or do you think Boba Fett's trying to get the armor back? Yeah, I think it could be a, I think it could be a side story for sure. I think that would make a little bit more sense and play into our original idea that it might be more of a flashback type character and then see him as Captain Rex instead. But I, I'm not exactly sure. I think that time will tell with that. Yeah, uh, I'm a little... I wish I didn't know this detail. That's that's the thing, <laughs> is I'm loving the casting announcements. So cool. And yeah, some casting is spoilerific. Uh, but now that we know Boba Fett's going to be in the season, and we know that he has his armor, it's like we can start to kind of connect the dots of some of the plot lines or at least guess or surmise a few of them. So I hope, I hope that these leaks don't keep coming out at this consistent of a rate. It's great to talk about, but I just feel like we're going to learn everything about the season. Yeah. I think it's because there's not really much else to report about right now. So when they do have a show that's already like they're already done filming, I assume for this next season. Right. Yeah. So they probably have a lot that they can disclose and not a lot with new projects. I think you're right. A lot of people in the chat sharing their opinion. Rob K saying, Oliphant is cool, funny guy. It sounds like you know him. Brandon Hanna, at this point, they should just tell us who's not in the cast of Mandalorian. I agree. Everyone seems to be in season two. Uh, Espionage Joker, Timothy was the best killer from the Scream franchise. This emoji. And Darth Baca, here we go. Yeah, man, here we go. Mm, shout out to everyone in the chat. You guys rock. But I, oh, this is interesting conversation I want to have with the chat because we did uh, talk about in the beginning of this episode how it's a lot of anniversaries for Star Wars. Obviously, today's Empire Strikes Back. And then I believe on Monday or on the 18th, it was 21 anniversary of Phantom Menace. Those are obviously two way different uh, films in terms of perception and fan reception. What is, do you have like a huge difference in the way you love one over the other? It's funny because I, I feel like, so all the prequels must have came out within the same week uh, of re- release when, when they were coming out in the summer. And same with uh, Empire Strikes Back. When, when Attack of the Clones anniversary was trending on Twitter, I was kind of reminiscing about certain moments. I mean, that, that movie is probably the most criticized of the whole franchise, maybe next to Phantom Menace. But there's still so many moments I love. Like I was, I was sharing. I think Popcorn Talk had a poll. Like, what was your favorite moment from Attack of the Clones? And I honestly think mine's when Yoda fights Count Dooku at the end, and it's like this mm. master apprentice face off, and there's just all that history there. And Yoda pulls out the lightsaber, and you're like, oh my gosh, Yoda has a lightsaber. 
so I, I was reminiscent of the prequels, whereas with the originals, like Empire Today and Last Night, I was like, man, this is just perfection. Like, you can see how many movies from, like, Avengers Endgame to any drama, really, how that's influenced. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because we're rewatching Lord of the Rings here. And my friend Amy was talking about how she's noticed that so many things have been taken from Lord of the Rings now that she's seen it, like specifically Harry Potter and how she's always like, that's always talked about with Star Wars, but I do think Empire Strikes Back set a precedent for all sequels moving forward because in a lot of ways it surpassed the the first. Yeah, it's such a, I mean, it's one of the best movies. It's, It's the only Star Wars movie I think you could just pop on and enjoy if you haven't and understand if you haven't seen the one before it, which is so rare for a lot of sequels. Uh, Cause I feel like, you know, when you think about like Indiana Jones or the James Bond movies that were coming out during that time, the sequels usually had next to nothing to do with the one before it. Whereas this was a same universe. It's like, here are all these people, you know, and like, mm-hmm. we're going to fill in the blanks of the time that took place in between. And here we go. And now that's common for every movie, like all the Marvel movies. Yeah. On Phantom Menace, I like Phantom Menace. I I thought it was a fun movie, and there's a lot of classic scenes in there that I still, and we talked about that last week, that I still like to play back. What is is the favorite scene? Other, take the lightsaber fight out. What's the scene you like to play back? Well, I love the whole pod racing, and that's why I want to play the game. That is the whole part of him building it, and like the him competing with a bunch of assholes is one of my favorite scenes. As like a little kid, that's so hard to be just beating on old men. Excuse me? Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Repeat that back one more time. I I, kind of, I think you broke up there. Uh, Yeah, it's a little kid. (laughs) I said what I said. Good God. Uh, Yeah, that's a great scene. I, I think there's a lot of cool stuff in Phantom Menace. Like the effects are great. The things that are more hard for me are like the Jar Jar scenes, but like everything with Qui Gon, I I think is so fun. I and, love Qui Gon. I know, and and we talked about it last week, but like Dave Filoni, in one of those Mandalorian behind the scenes documentary videos that's on Disney Plus right now, you can check it out. He did this whole thing about Qui Gon Jinn and Phantom Menace and how important he is he, he was Anakin's father figure and he was like one of the last Jedi that was that's from the old Jedi and now they're moving into this war and they all become these soldiers and warriors and he was he was basically like the last Jedi from that era that was kind of a protector of peace and we lose him so we lose we lose mm-hmm. the peace and protection it's rough what about Revenge of the Sith for you oh my gosh I I really like Revenge of the Sith it's funny that movie is so dark <laughs> People don't highlight how, how dark that, that thing is. And, I mean, none of these are perfect movies, but we're fans with open arms, and I, I like the prequels. And, I mean, Revenge of the Sith, easily my favorite. There's so many great moments, so many incredible scenes from the Darth Plagueis, the Wise, to the, like, the droid attack on the Wookiees. <laughs> or, <laughs> like, Anakin versus Obi-Wan, Yoda versus Palpatine. Like, there's so many great fights. General Grievous, like, come on. There's so, all these yeah. awesome, awesome characters. A lot of people in the chat are firing off uh, their favorite moments. The Gungan battle. 
<laughs> That's what Greg Mostovich. Oh, he says that was lame. Good choice. <laughs> Good choice. Greg Castillo, Rip Padme. Yes, Rip Padme. Rest in peace. Gone too soon. Always. 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 Uh, Jango Fett versus Obi Wan. One of the favorite uh, fight scenes from Brandon Hanna in Attack of the Clones. I love that one in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. It was that whole in that whole scene leading up to it. There was a really, really good tension where you knew it was going to go down, but you didn't know when. My favorite one is I think Boba. He's a kid. He's like, Dad, look! <laughs> he shouts it. <laughs> He's like, get, get in the, get in the ship, like get in the car. That was such good casting. They really do look like son and fall or like clones. Dude, what if we got that actor on? Who played Kid That'd Boba? That'd be dope. I, I forget his name. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Kid Boba is a good rap name too. Yeah, I mean that that would be my rap name. I his name was Daniel Logan. Nice name. Daniel Logan. Nice yeah, name. classic. Good Classic. actor's name, good IMDb name. We'll reach out. Tweet at Daniel Logan, guys. Let's okay, get him on board. Ryan, can you can you explain the Kylo Ren's lightsaber? Because I know there was a a lot of people, a lot of fans, when his lightsaber was first revealed, were asked talking about the cross part. Is obviously different than ones we've seen, but I guess there's reasonings for that that Rai has. Right. So, I think we all remember where we were when the first trailer for Force Awakens came out and you got to see that crossbar knight sword lightsaber of Kylo Ren's and we all lost our minds. And uh, to this day, I mean, we've had Stephen Colbert explain the the logic of how it works. Uh, We've had so many people just, just gush over this lightsaber. Well, there's a comic series right now, which is called The Rise of Kylo Ren, that's basically shown Kylo's backstory from when he left the Jedi training with Luke to Force Awakens and it's filling the gaps in between. In the most recent uh, issue, they he puts together his lightsaber and it gets into something really interesting which involves like bleeding a kyber crystal. Lightsabers are made of these kyber crystals and you know every Jedi puts together a lightsaber to complete their training. Um, the way you turn it red, there's red crystals but you can also bleed any other type of crystal. So if you're turning from like good to bad, they can do something to the crystal that makes it bleed red. And apparently Kylo did it, just he went too far. He overdid it. And whenever he tried to turn on his lightsaber, it would just fizzle out. So he made these two ports on the side that kind of let the energy go in. There's a whole explanation for it. I'm trying to explain it. Yeah, it's it's No, it's you are explaining science. it well. It just it goes to show that the, the men who turn to the dark side are so dramatic you yeah. need your stone to bleed you create your crystal to bleed that's what you need to make your lightsaber out of bleeding crystals come on i know they, they're compensating for something but it's a yes. he, he put in the cross guard and that allows the excess energy to kind of flow back through it, it was a cool explanation i'm, I'm i like yeah. when they really think this stuff out and and put it on there Me too. it shows some Me thought too. Cause that one, that's one where you can tell it was thought out. They didn't make that up after the fact. Like the, I feel like they've done with some other things that's happened post the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but that that is something like mechanical. That's yeah. just so yeah. cool. And and what's really interesting, I always bring up the Clone Wars. I'm like mm-hmm. the biggest Clone Wars fan. But I read that book Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano by E.K. Johnston, and there mm-hmm. is a scene where. 
it's the first time ever they explain what bleeding a crystal is in that book. So this is now a consistent thing across platforms from novelization to comics. This whole idea of bleeding a crystal is there. And I think it's really awesome. Yeah. No, me too. I love the lightsaber lore. I think it's really, really interesting. And that's why I think this next story is interesting about there was supposed to be more scenes where you saw Rey in the process of building her lightsaber. Obviously, in The Rise of Skywalker, we only got that final scene where she pulls out her lightsaber and it's yellow and we kind of see the um, her original weapon. I forget what that was called. Uh, that... Her, her like her staff yeah staff yeah 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 yeah. pieces of that with it so i guess that there actually was way more thought that went into it and they did want to include more scenes but they cut it out ryan would you rather have them included that or are you okay with what we got i mean i kind of wish they included it i think what's sort of neat what's interesting about this story when we were reading about it there's been so much behind the scenes with the rise of Skywalker. Like there was another script. They fired the director. This sounds like something that JJ actually planned on including in the movie and they straight up just cut it out. So that makes me believe are there deleted scenes out there for putting this together? I think we have a picture of her with the saber right there. That's at the very end. Uh, I think that that lightsaber is really cool. I do wish we got to see some of the backstory as to how you put it together. Um, I, I, that's something we really haven't seen in a Star Wars movie yet. We haven't seen a Jedi put together his lightsaber. There's a deleted scene in Return of the Jedi of Luke doing it. And now this is the third movie in this franchise, and I guess there's another deleted scene of her doing it. But uh, I would have loved to see that, especially because it's like the first yellow one, like... Man, how cool would that have been? I just don't know where you would fit that in in the story because they're constantly running around in that movie. Would you like to see that scene, Steph? Yeah, I think so because I really like that kind of stuff. Like, I like the throwback scenes with Leia and training and um, even Leia's training. So I think anything like that where you see the process of it, I think most viewers like to see that, especially when – their lightsaber defines them in a lot of ways, and especially for a young Jedi's journey. Do you think... Now, we saw her get Leia's lightsaber when she went back to uh, Octu and, and spoke with Luke. I'm not saying they would have thrown that, that... that that lightsaber wouldn't have been involved if they included these scenes, but do you... Would you have rather them keep that scene or have her build her own? Uh, it's hindsight point. Like we're playing Monday morning quarterback here. So would I have rather her build her own or use the Le- Leia's? That's what you're asking, right? Because in in the Rise of Skywalker, she she gets Leia's, and that's a plot point of like she would have wanted yeah. you to have it, and but by the end she already has her own. Uh, yeah, no, I would have rather that. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? I, I think I, I cherished every Leia moment in The Rise of Skywalker. I wouldn't have wanted them to take anything out. Yeah, I mean, it's a good... I think for the story they told in Rise of Skywalker, you're right. I think they got to keep that Leia saber moment in there. But... And it also made it more of a mystery because you didn't know... There was a moment where you didn't... It just gave more tension. You didn't know what she was going to do. 
mm. or what she was going at that moment when you were watching it you didn't necessarily know what she was retrieving and it so ma- it was kind yeah. of rewarding and it makes that moment at the end where kylo and ray are both have the lightsabers it's like they each have one of the skywalker lightsabers and they're about to face yeah. off with the Emperor. So it's... Yeah, yeah. See that? Yeah. And if you're going to name it the Rise of Skywalker and decide to give Rey a last name, that's Skywalker. It made sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I think it's really, I think it would be a cool deleted scene. I don't know if it would have worked for the movie we got at the end of the day. But there's, there's something about watching her make something for herself that I think was missing from that movie. If, yeah, yeah, I could see that. No, I think that's a really fair point. They in this article that was on comicbook.com, they included an excerpt from the author of the Rise of Skywalker novelization, uh, Ray Carson, mm-hmm. and they included a quote said she eyed the unfinished lightsaber on her workbench. It wasn't ready yet, and the one she'd painstakingly repaired, Luke's, didn't belong to her. So her quarter staff would have would have to suffice as a weapon which was just fine it had to serve her well on jakku for years in fact someday once she had mastered this lightsaber building business she might design one that felt more like a quarter staff in her hand familiar and hefty two business ends maybe with a hinge in the middle for portability so that's cool i mean if you do want to see that you can get that through the book it's just not in visual well and what's so funny a prop master for Rise of Skywalker actually tweeted out like four photos as to how that yellow saber at the end of the movie works. Because we're used to just like you hit a button, it ignites or it turns on. Uh, this one had some really cool mechanics at like the top of the hilt of the lightsaber where it, it would kind of like bleed in and out almost like a Venus flytrap. <laughs> and it looked uh, really cool. So if uh-huh. you want to look at more of the mechanics as to the yellow one she made, you can check that out on Twitter. Yeah, it is really cool. Speaking of Twitter, there's been a really fun... This was Ryan's idea. Ryan, you want to explain this meme and what we've done? Yeah, what we've done. <laughs> uh, there's been a meme going around this week of my plans and then 2020. And basically, you write on the left side, my plans, and a photo. And then on the right side, 2020, and what actually happened. And it's just been this really funny like ongoing thing this week on Twitter that everyone is uh, just piling onto. Um, so we actually put a little poll out before the show today, uh, just saying like, Hey guys, like tweet out your, my plans for 2020 and maybe they'll get featured on the show. Here's an example of one. Uh, this is from revenge of the Sith, which had its anniversary earlier this week right there. So it's here. I'm going to try oh, to yeah. make it full screen. Yeah. Yeah, it's like my plans. It's the younglings training. So sad. Not over it. <laughs> Never then, over it. Anakin ignites his lightsaber. And, God. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Uh, but that's an example of one. Uh, Brandon Hanna, who's actually in the chat, threw one out there that I love. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Um, he was the first to reply almost instantly. Like, he had this ready to go. Yeah, that was so quick, Brandon. I don't know... It... Where'd you pull that from that quick? It was quick. Uh, his was Django Fett. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Savage. It's, uh, yeah, seeing him, we won't be seeing him again, is what the image on the left says. And then it's Django Fett getting his head cut off, which is brutal. Um, brutal. Brutal. Steph, you sent one in. 
if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you know what? I have four, I sent a few in that I think killed it. So that <laughs> you think you, <laughs> you think one? killed it? Do you do you have them up so I can describe the right one? Yes, uh, I just need one minute, so vamp for me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I made a few mainly about Han Solo and Padme because both of them have had tragic moments in oh, the I found Star it. Wars galaxy. I found it. Yeah, oh, these so are all excited. good. These are all, yeah. Okay. Oh, Thank one you. of these is shady. One of these is... I know, I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. Okay, here, we'll do Padme first. Okay. All right, here we go. Open it up right now. <laughs> My plans. Us in the field, enjoying life, having a Romeo and Juliet moment. My 2020 shattered, dying of a broken heart. <laughs> R.I.P. Yo, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty accurate. Um, that's a pretty accurate description of 2020. Uh, describe your double solo one. Oh, double solo one? Here, I'll, ju- I'll just... There's I'll, two. Yeah, I'll just do it. Yeah, Try. I'll reveal it right now. We got... Okay, so here's my plan. Oh Classic my Han Solo. The Han Solo we love and respect. And then 2020 came in with like 14 director's cuts <laughs> and change of plans. <laughs> this is what we got. Yeah. Wow. Wow, <laughs> that's shady. Shots oh at a uh, God. Shots so at the Ron good. Howard on solo. <laughs> this third one might be my favorite. Um, this one's pretty good. Yeah, this one. This one. This is still on solo. Good. Yeah, right here. We got my plans. Carbonite solo. Carbonite solo. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're frozen. It kind of feels like we're all in carbonite. Yeah, that one's actually really accurate. That was really accurate. We also had... Oh, I actually replied to one here. S- sticking with the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, um, I went with a scene from Empire Strikes Back. Let's see if I can enlarge it here. We got... If you, you remember Dak? He's the one that gets in the, uh, oh. the snow speeder <laughs> with Luke. And he goes, I feel like I can take on the whole Empire myself. And he's all hyped. And then, not even two minutes later, yes. just gets shot That's out of the sky. That's savage, right? Yeah, he... That's... Quick end. Quick end to him there. Uh, pretty brutal. Whoa, I'm zoomed in. Um, and brutal, then, Ryan. We also had the High Republic respond with one. This is our, our, last, our last one. <laughs> Which is another one from Empire Strikes Back. We have so many from Empire Strikes Back today. We got Lando and Han meeting up, saying my plans. And then Darth Vader is in your your dining room. Yeah, they had so much confidence. Yeah, that was a a betrayal. A hard betrayal. That was bad. But it's a fun meme game, guys. It's still on Popcorn Talks Twitter, so you can reply with your own my plans versus 2020. Uh, it's a really funny meme going around, and it's it's perfect for a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Fun fact that I read today about Empire Strikes Back: the original budget was eighteen million, and by the end they had spent thirty-three million. Which is a lot for back then. Yeah, that's almost double the budget. If yeah, it is double. There's a ton. People, <laughs> that's that is double. I, I think they just didn't anticipate. <laughs> 
think the first one was basically an independent film. It was just so creative. It looked like this yeah. big epic. Uh, I bet they were granted the money, though, pretty easily when they realized like this is going to be one of the best sequels of all time. I wonder yeah, if they even good knew. investment. Really good investment. I, I heard this, uh, this... You might have known this story, Steph, but when they were shooting Empire Strikes Back, the famous I'm Your Father scene, no one on set knew that that's what Darth Vader was going to say. Not even David Prowse, who was in the Darth Vader costume. Uh, the only person who knew was Mark Hamill and George Lucas, who didn't, he didn't direct this one or, or uh, write it, but he was obviously had his voice in there. He told Mark Hamill just a few minutes before, and Mark Hamill was the only one who knew. Because they just they ADR'd it later. What? I didn't yeah. know that. And and the line they actually told David Prowse to say was Obi Wan killed your father. That was the line they they used. So when Luke does that reaction, that's what he thought uh, Luke was reacting to. And it wasn't until they got to the theater, and Mark Hamill knew this uh, that it was I am your father, which surprised everyone. And if you if you watch the movie again, cool. you think like Obi Wan killed your father. The way everything is said throughout the rest of the movie, you're like, oh my gosh. Like, they were tricking everyone. It's so interesting. Yeah. No, that's cool, Rye. I did not know that at all. Yeah, I, I learned that watching that uh, that watch along with, with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. They had just tons of really fun tidbits. Yeah, I wish you told me about that, but... <laughs> we did our you own watch along. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah. We did our own watch along for New Hope. You Oh yeah, we did. We killed. Well, we had a newcomer with us, but I feel like it wasn't the best experience for her. Yeah. I, I, that was uh she, Haley. She couldn't focus. Haley Haley wasn't focusing. Haley was not focused. Uh she she wasn't into it. I wonder if a a good if you're not a kid, like what is the first Star Wars movie to show someone? Who, who is... I think release. You just gotta go release order and yeah. hope for the best? And you preface it, you say, listen, this came out in the 70s. You can't expect some crazy... Th- just expect what you would have expected in the 70s, and then that's... And then you move forward from there. I just think it gives you a way different understanding. Entirely. Steph, there's a really interesting uh, comment in the chat it, this is a joke. It's hashtag release the Phil Lord and Chris Miller cut uh, referring to Solo. You know, it, the biggest ah. news this week was DC's uh, Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League is going to come out on HBO Max, which is a movement that very few people even believed in uh, would even be a possibility, and it's happening. It opens the door for a ton of other possibilities. Could you see something like that happening with Star Wars, uh, whether it be like an Episode Nine, Colin Trevorrow, cut or a Phil or Chris Miller um well there's no way there's a Trevorrow cut right yeah he didn't I just don't think there's any yeah yeah um I don't think they ever will but I just think Disney's just so crazy about that kind of stuff I just don't see that ever happening under a Disney regime under Disney's watch yeah I have to agree with you. I think Justice League was such a flop, and they've already just changed the direction 
so much, and Star Wars will never do that. They'll never just restart <laughs> and with well, all these movies that they're, they're keeping it like in the same universe. I I think there is something interesting to be said though about like the Phil Lord and Chris Miller solo. They did shoot a movie. Like they shot the majority. It's just I don't think Solo was as yeah. hated as Justice League. Yeah, because I think like, a lot of people weren't checking for Solo like that. It was, I think Solo was a treat. Like, oh, we're going to get this extended story of one of the franchise's most beloved characters. Hell yeah, so here to watch that. But there wasn't as much stake in the game because you're not changing storylines necessarily. And I also think, you know, those two were straight up fired from the film whereas Zack Snyder under yeah, really tragic yeah he, he had to step away and they just kind of hopped on that scenario and redid the movie with a new a new guy I, I think the circumstances were just so specific and right for this Zack Snyder Justice League cut it would have to be something like that ever happen yeah again. and i think because of that exact reason rise the reason why there was an uproar on twitter because it was a situation where you could kind of bully mm. and, and hope that you get what you want and it made a little bit more sense circumstantially i i yeah i think you're right and i just the idea though that a studio would agree to do like a complete different <laughs> cut, like that is wild to me and i just think it opens this can of worms where you know, episode nine was pretty divisive. It, it satisfied a lot of people, but it's pretty divisive. And I don't, they don't have any plans anytime soon of doing anything past that. Is there a world, a quarantine world where they're not filming many things where they release like different cuts where we get this Ray lightsaber scene? Or do you think that they're just Yeah, maybe pretty? different cuts. But I also think the other difference is that what made episode nine weird was that the entire cast from what they've said loved it like they left filming thinking that they made the best star wars movie yet Mm. and then i think they were shocked to see that it was not received that way whereas dc it seems like from what all of them have said they kind of left feeling like something's not it's not what we kind of thought we were putting out that's a great point yeah I, yeah, you're right. I, I think they – it was it was just the circumstances for Justice League are so different from anything that's happened with Star Wars, even though there's been a lot of stuff that's happened with Star Wars. They – nothing was as abhorrent of a, of a disappointment than Justice League and the idea that they're, they already had all this footage shot. You just yes. got to do some visual effects. Yeah. That's not the case with this. Yeah. Yeah, anything Star exactly. Wars. I'm yeah. happy for you, though. I know you were one of the people campaigning for release the Snyder Cut. I was. You know, I produced DC Movie News Fridays at 1 p.m., and I've been doing it for over a year. I have been on board that train forever. Uh, I know that there's some some uh, fans that are kind of, it's like the uglier side of fandom that say, like, really bad things about people who aren't in support of that. But I thought it was a really cool movement, and I'm still shocked. I wrote two articles about it. Uh, really awesome. So... I'm all about it, and I think I think it's really great. <laughs> I know I know Zack Snyder was even saying on May the fourth he was tweeting out photos from I think it was Batman vs Superman, and from his Snyder cut, and he just like superimposed lightsabers and Star Wars 
like ships in the background. <laughs> so he's a fan. Like he could do something one day in a galaxy. He's a far. cool guy. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah, I like how he I like how he's handled social media. I mean, he's kind of owned everything in terms of his creation. I think he's handled that entire thing really well. You're right. Sal Skalicki in the chat uh, says it would be cool to see a Trevorrow animated episode nine film. I, yeah, there's a little shorts online of people who already went out and did that. Um, they kind of did like a summary, but I think that'd be kind of neat. What are the rules with that? Can you actually Strict. take characters? <laughs> yeah, because can you take characters and make new content with them without owning the characters? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can do it and get seek a profit, you know? Yeah. But, like, if Trevor did like that, he'd What about, like, a Harry Potter puppet show? Ooh. Like, how does that work? Because they should have been paid millions of dollars. You're right. They should have. <laughs> I, that's an interesting question. Like, if you guys know anything, put it in the chat. But I think uh, that was just kind of a retelling of an existing story. And I don't mm. know if they're making much money, but they did get yeah. exposure. So it might, it might have huh. something to do with that. Yeah. Speaking of the chat, shout out to everyone who's been watching. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Also give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Five stars and they're ex- we love the Apple reviews. Those are the best. They are the best. And we haven't gotten one in, in a minute. So if you do put one out there, <laughs> I will read it on air. I'll put on some kind of Star Wars garb and stare in the camera and read it on air. We will yes. So leave us a review there, guys. Well, I think that wraps up our news for this week, Rai. That's right. Um, and, and, you know, like, now that Clone Wars is done, May the 4th is done, I feel like we're in this dry spell where it's like we're going to get some news here and there, but now, like, a lot of the stories visually have already been told. Like, I think it's going to be a while till we get a Mandalorian trailer. So we're going to need to rely yeah. on some of this stuff, like the anniversaries, the, the comics. Topics. Yeah, if books. there's topics or discussions you guys want to hear, debate about certain things with us, let us know what you guys want to talk about, characters, or yeah. anything that's happened. Completely agree. So, yeah, guys, tweet them at us. Again, uh, should we share our, 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 our Twitter stuff? Yeah, where can everyone find you? Oh, I was going to say, we have a show Twitter that we like oh. just kind of started up. That's uh, off of the High Republic novels that are supposedly coming. They're going to take place way, way back in a galaxy far, far away. So our Twitter is at Get High Republic. Uh, at Get High Republic, so you guys can follow us there. And that will be all the news from this podcast, this this show for Popcorn Talk. <laughs> I totally forgot about that, but yes, that is it's it's gonna be lit. It's gonna be lit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Ryan, till next week, where can everyone keep up with you? You guys can keep up with me at Ryan Nilsen. That's R Y N I L S E N on Twitter and at Ryan Nilsen on Instagram. Steph, where can they keep up with you? All over social media at Steph Sabra on YouTube at youtube.com slash Steph Sabra. And we'll be back next Thursday, every Thursday, 4 p.m. PST at the Popcorn Talk. Until next week, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs> From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.